0: bless these, your tithes, and our offerings, so they might be used throughout this community and throughout the entire world in service of you. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. If you have your Bibles with you, I'd like to invite you to open up to John chapter 1. We're going to be in verses 1 through 5, and then we're going to skip down to verse 14. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him. And without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory. The glory as of a father's son, full of grace and full of truth. It's the first Sunday after Christmas, and as you know, the Christmas season actually begins on Christmas Day and lasts for 12 days up until Epiphany, so it's very liturgically appropriate to continue saying Merry Christmas to everyone around you. We hope that you experienced a meaningful encounter with Christ on Christmas Day, and we also hope that you're continuing to encounter meaningfully Christ. This morning, I'd like to draw our attention to one of the most foundational truths of our faith. Christ is God in the flesh. The fancy theological term for this is incarnation. Christ is God embodied in a human body, 100% God and 100% human. And some 2,000 years ago, God, as a baby, was born and named Jesus The incarnation is a truth I want us to spend some time thinking about this morning. God taking on flesh and choosing to dwell among us is foundational to our belief as Christians, and it's a truth worth pondering. This is the truth we base our entire lives on, and it's the truth that we base our entire faith on. God choosing to dwell among us changed absolutely everything for us. And there's a lot at stake for us. I'd like to invite you with your minds and with your hearts and with your souls to give attention to the Incarnation this morning, to Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior. Let us pray. Father God, we gather together this morning anticipating an opportunity to meet with you. Lord, may we gaze even more fully and deeply into the truth of who you are. God, may scales fall from our eyes so we can behold your glory. And may our souls be touched by your grace-filled hands. All of this we ask through Jesus, who is the Christ, we pray. Amen. I recently started reading a book by a woman named Simone Vey. And she was a Jewish woman who converted to Christianity and died in the late 40s. And an entire chapter of her book is dedicated on the importance of giving our full attention to everything that we do. There was a line in her book that gripped me and will be framed and hung in my home one day. And at the very least, they will be words that I have written in my soul, I hope, for the rest of my life. The quote said, Attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity. Attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity. How true. Since becoming a mom, I've learned a lot about the importance of giving attention and the necessity that little ones require. Little kids require attention. Babies and children demand it. It's more than a requirement, it's a demand. It's built in their DNA to need our eyes, and our ears, and our minds, and our strengths, and our paychecks, and our resources. The only way a child can survive is through being attended to. Attention is the medicine, the life source, the healing balm to the soul of a crying infant. How wonderful it is that God chose to enter our world and take on flesh in a way that demands the attention of humanity. It's almost as if God knows what God is doing. But I wonder, do we ever really outgrow our need for attention? It's a need and a desire that's common to all of humanity. And we've all been able to judgmentally spot those attention-hungry people. But I wonder if we've all been able to admit to ourselves or to someone we know that we also have a desire to receive attention from time to time. Whether it's through the attention of your company by way of a promotion, or whether it's a pat on the back for doing something without being asked, or whether it's winning the scoring, or scoring the winning touchdown with seconds remaining in the game. We all desire and need attention from time to time. It's common to humanity. And yet there's a desire in us to not receive attention sometimes. Whether it's a mistake we're trying to cover up, or a conversation we're trying to dodge, or whether we're trying to avoid eye contact with the teacher to avoid being called on. There's a lot for us that's at stake in terms of what we give our attention to. And if Simone Veil is right, that attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity, then I believe that when we show up in the life of another person, When we see them and acknowledge their story and their existence, it has the power to melt away a thousand untruths. The humbling and profound truth of the incarnation, of Christ choosing to dwell among us, is that God's attention is on us. My favorite verse from O Holy Night even speaks of this. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. God appears. God shows up for us. God shows up for all of creation. I really want this to be an attention getter for you. That God took on flesh. That God chose to enter into the creation God had made because otherwise God would be out there, God would be distant. And God would be uninvolved. God chose to enter into creation for you. God chose to enter into creation for me. You have God's attention. Our scripture this morning recalls the beginning and shares with us that even then the word was with God. And that the word was God. The word they're referring to here is Christ. Christ was in the beginning. And lo and behold, Christ takes on flesh. The Word becomes embodied and lived out. God actually puts action behind what God says God is going to do. And Christ lives with us. Without some form of incarnation, God is distant from all of us. God taking on flesh and dwelling among us is the most compelling truth of all of Christianity. Who would we be without the life death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In John 1, 4-5, it even tells us that Christ is the light for all of the people and that the darkness just cannot overcome the light. In Matthew, the Magi follow the star, the bright shining light towards the location of the ultimate light for all of the world. The star was a sort of flashing neon light pointing to the greatest truth of all time pointing to the greatest hope for all of creation that our God is here and that our God is with us. Do you believe that this is true? That Christ, who is the light of the world, came into the world for you and for me and for the people you're sitting beside of and that Christ even came into the world for your enemy? That whatever darkness you're dealing with Today we'll never ever have the ability to overcome the bright light of Christ and the love of Christ. Our lives honestly depend on the depth of this truth. Christ is the only one who is able to save us. And it is Christ who has a desire to enter into our lives over and over again. To reconcile to God all things so that we might be connected to the one who is faithful to us and to the one who's never glanced away from us. I want to invite you to make God a part of your daily life. Make spending time with God a part of your daily life. And maybe this was a consistent habit in your life at one point in the year, but it fell off. But I'd like to invite you to sit down at some point today and make a decision as to how you plan to spend time with God. And then I'd like to ask you to put some flesh on that decision you make and spend time with your Creator and with your Lord and Savior. God is not far away. God is right here with you. Some of the barriers in our own spiritual lives, I believe, are because of our lack of attention. And if you want to grow with God and have a faith that bears fruit, you have to surrender to God and lean into the opportunity that you have every single day to rest in the presence of Jesus Christ. This is something that people can't do for you. You are completely in charge of your attention. And I'd like to invite you to give attention to God. And I would be willing to bet that as you seek Christ, the things of the world Grow a little bit more dim because you're able to rest in the arms of the one who carries you. And my goodness, life does not get easier just because you seek Christ. But what I can share with you is that spending time with God and giving attention to your spiritual life will only increase your wisdom. It will only increase your ability to be more compassionate. It will only increase your trust in the only trustworthy thing there is, Christ. Please don't wait until life gets less stressful before you reach out to God. And please don't wait until life gets stressful for you to reach out to God. Choose to reach out to God even today and even in this moment. Our God is so powerful. And God promises that when you seek God, you'll find him. God does not play hide and seek with us. And the wonderful thing about when we open our eyes and when we start to seek Christ... You see the face of God absolutely everywhere. You see the face of God in the dirty dishes that are in your sink that a family member didn't do after you asked him to. You see the face of Christ in a stack of bills on your counter that are stressing you out. You see the face of Christ in your neighbor that you never thought was worth very much. Christ is everywhere. And then you begin to give your attention the God-given attention that you've received to absolutely everyone around you. You begin to live your faith in a way that shares the loving attention of Christ with others. Because we too are also called to be the embodied physical presence of Jesus Christ in our world. Just the other morning, I sent a text message to a friend whose son turned three. And I asked her to please wish him a happy birthday and to let him know that we were so glad to know him. Then I asked her what their plans were for the day, and she responded and said she was the first one awake and that her son was still asleep in their bed, and she was standing in the kitchen getting ready to make some birthday pancakes, which was a breakfast that's now become a tradition for them. I replied by saying, what a holy moment. And she said, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, it doesn't get much more comforting for your son than to be wedged between the two people who love him more than anything in the world. As he slept, he was literally wrapped up in love, shielded on both sides by mom and dad. What a holy and comfortable place we all long to be. What could harm him? And now his mama is going to make him some pancakes with him in mind because his birth means something and because he means something. And you get to break bread together in celebration of his life that is a miracle life. Holy is the only word that comes to mind. The story of my friend's son is a story of us all. God came into the world with us in mind. The birth of Christ means something too. It very plainly states to all of creation that God is here. God is with you. God wants to be received. By you. Holy is the only word I can think of to describe this truth to. Each of us are called to show up for our friends and for our families. We are called to be incarnational. It's even part of our church's mission statement to be the physical presence of Jesus Christ. I've said it a couple of times, but the stakes are very high in terms of how we show up for people. It's a matter of folks meeting face-to-face with the love of God. And the truth is, the majority of times we're called to show up in the life of another person, we don't have to say anything. God shows up as a baby, not having developed the ability to speak, only having developed the ability to be held and to be loved. How radical. The God who created the world and everything in it shows, as, shows up as a baby without any initial words to say to us. Presence is the conversation starter. We're called to show up, to arrive at someone's home, to meet with someone at the altar, to send a simple text message to someone to remind them that you're in their corner and that you see them. Sometimes we're simply called to show up in ways that we would have never expected we were called to show up, and sometimes we walk into situations we never thought we'd walk into but we're called to be present. To give someone your attention is to literally say to them, what you think and who you are matters, and what you have to say and what you are feeling matters too. Giving someone your attention means that you've validated their existence. And one of the most profound mysteries of our faith is that Jesus now resides within each and every single one of us. Jesus is all over this room. Jesus resides in each and every single one of us. In John 15, Jesus says for us to make our home in Christ, to remain in Christ. And Jesus promises that if we make our home in him, he will literally make his home in us. We were built and created and written into our DNA is the ability to house God. That even you are someone God feels at home in. And Christ desires to dwell in us. How could we not open ourselves up to receive God, the one who has never stopped paying attention to us? Being present is one of the aspects of youth ministry I'm very passionate about. I'm convinced that showing up in the lives of young people is one of the most critical aspects of youth ministry There are youth in our community who are not afforded with the attention, the adult attention, that they so desperately need. And studies show that in order for a young person to grow up as a mature and successful adult, they must have, at a minimum, of five significant relationships with adults. Some of the five can be their parents, their grandparents, teachers, counselors, or even their church family. For the adults who serve in our youth ministry team, we share with them the importance of consistently showing up in the lives of young people and we let them know that God might use them to be one of the five people that help this young person grow up to be successful and have a wonderful relationship with Christ. It's not about having the right answer and it sure isn't about having the right thing to say. Being present is absolutely the most important thing. I've had countless people be present for me in my life. And it's my hope that you've had people show up for you in your life as well. That's one of the most beautiful parts of the church. And it's one of the most beautiful parts of being the church. Is that we are individually the body of Christ and we are members of it. There's a lot of power in the presence of God. It is our hope that each one of us here... Receive the truth that God is with us, that God is with you. God shows up in my life over and over, and I want this to be true for you. And you don't always feel God, but that doesn't mean God isn't there. God always, always shows up for us. And our faith, mature faith, goes beyond feelings most of the time. And even you are someone God desires to be present with. And even you are someone God can use to do mighty things, both big and small. Attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity. God is generous to you. Be generous each time you listen to God. And be generous each time you listen to those around you. And always remember... That God is greater than, more loving than, more powerful than, more compassionate than you could ever hope for or imagine. We have a God who is great. We have a God who is generous. And we have a God who is as close to you and me as our breath. And Romans 8 promises us that there is nothing that will ever separate us From the love of God, there is nothing that will separate you from the love of God. Let this be a starting point for you. Let this be an opportunity to be launched deeper in your faith. We have hope. You have hope. Because Christ has been generous to us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us pray. Lord, we are grateful for the way you work, for the way you move, for the way that you are alive among us. God, you are the truest, most wonderful thing we've ever encountered, and you're the best gift we could ever receive. Lord, may we be sent out wherever you would have us to go. Lord, we trust you, and we love you, and with all things, With with you, all things are possible. In your name we pray.